0: Did you know Ecoplex has a 24-hour stream? That's right. Check out our 24/7 music stream at ecoplexmedia.com/live or at eplex.xyz. Our huge self-submitted local music library plays the best tunes the Bay Area has to offer, ad and commercial-free. Well, except for ours, and even by request. Check out the player on ecoplexmedia.com or at eplex.xyz. Bookmark it and enjoy it all day. Ecoplex is very supportive of our local music scene, and we hope you enjoy the soundtrack they've so graciously sent in for us to play on our network. If you like who you hear, please go check them out. The names of the artists are displayed on the player at echoplexmedia.com and at eplex.xyz.
1: Hello, wherever you are in any part of the world. Hello, from my heart to yours.
2: fight every night. Idolize Bradley, belittle woman's rights. Homophobic, racist, and don't give a fucking hey. Do you think you can drive a bigger truck? So wear your baseball cap the to side to let everyone know that you're a nice guy. who was, so, was so impressed. Lots of chicks in a barrel chest. Cause you're a real man. Punch for punch. Gonna piss in your face while you're passed out drunk. I'm a nice guy. You're an Such a nice guy who speaks through his fits Prick with a pension for messing with heads A broken nose for dinner and breakfast in bed Alcoholic, paranoid, and suicidal too But you're probably going
3: kill her before she gets away from you She will
2: lose the pool, mud and cry All your friends say that you're a nice guy Have a drink, this one's on me Look you're doing fine, losing to your disease Tomazos! Fuck off, jerk I don't wanna hear it! Fuck off, jerk Read it to the lyrics! So let the fuck you spill, quench your thirst! As long as you remember that Nice Guy is finished!
4: listeners, Welcome podcast listeners. This is the Plex. We do the show live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. If you're over there on the podcast, like on Spotify or whatever, just make a Twitch account and follow our channel. Attach your prime to it, sub to the channel. It's free. I get money. Um, You can also support this project, of course, just by going to echoplexmedia.com, clicking the support tab. Lots of great ways to uh, support the channel over there. Uh, including our swag shop that's at uh, eplex.store go ahead and uh, I don't know buy some fucking merch there get a membership it operates like Patreon of course you can also do Patreon that's patreon.com slash echoplex that's enough of me talking this is what the people want
5: I don't hate the cops oh, there's a person inside when the truncheon stops oh, don't hate the cops Or when the raiders come Who will protect the shops? Donate the cops They're a sensitive bunch If you don't stop throwing your rocks Snap, crack, pop Is the sound of a taser Your body drops Donate the cops Donate the cops Donate the cops Donate the cops Like your local police Cause they don't do nothing wrong That your local police Got rid of the corruption And the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow Follow the law, don't hate the cops Follow the law, don't hate the cops Follow the law, don't hate the cops Don't hate the cops Uh, Cause they don't do nothing wrong Donate the cops You can't blame them for just doing their job Donate the cops Well you gotta wonder how much would it cost for you to be shot at and stabbed at by maniacs and drunks Donate the cops Donate the cops Donate the cops Donate the cops
4: So this election season, what I can't fucking wait for is to watch this as this goes down while the rest of the Republican field is terrified of Trump. uh, Chris Christie is going to ineffectively try to go after Trump. And I'm totally here for it. He's not really that good at this shit. So it's not going to really, none of it's going to land, but it's going to be fun to like, you know, it's going to be fun to watch him try. Uh, And here's an example of that. That mission, for now, is taking on Donald Trump
6: his way. I oppose him for his incompetence. I oppose him for his broken promises before we ever get to any of the criminal indictments. What's the truth on Trump? He's a completely self-centered, self-possessed, self-consumed, angry old man. And he doesn't care about anybody else other than him. And if he were ever to become president again, I'll take him at his word. He said, I am your retribution. Well, he's not our retribution, Bob. He will be his own retribution.
7: Why is everyone else in the field seemingly avoiding Trump, tiptoeing around him?
6: I think it's one of two things. They're either unwilling to do it because they have aspirations, maybe a vice presidential bid or a Trump cabinet, and some of them are just unable to do it. Do you want to be the man, Bob? You got to beat the man.
4: So yeah, this this guy's gonna be like completely ineffective in in his uh, attempt to kind of go after Trump, but it'll be fun watching him try. That's for sure. Anyway, uh, there was an indictment that dropped, yet another one. And um, here's some scenes from outside of the the outside of the DC uh, arraignment. here's some uh, Trump's uh, fans talking about what happened.
7: But they know that's a worst case scenario to see Donald Trump in jail. Because that's gonna make a lot of people very angry. And you see what happens when we get angry,
8: right?
6: Welcome to the circus.
8: Get be indicted! I'm not it's been all wrong. Run, run. Dude, you need a dentist
9: it's really bad. Do I support Donald Trump. I am Donald
4: Kind of that? Oh, that's that unfunny guy that does a Donald Trump impression. We've seen him before. ...trump today are the hardcore. They're not just the people
10: that deny anything happened on January 6th. They blame the people that were attacked.
0: It was not allowed to be completed because the Capitol Police failed to secure the building that day and allowed this uh, so-called inter- insurrection to occur. So the people who actually obstructed the process were not the individuals there exercising the First Amendment. They were for the people in leadership who did not properly secure that building that day, that's who's responsible for interrupting the process, that's who should be charged.
6: A lot of the MAGA world, if they even believe something bad happened on January 6th, believe it was just a warning to the deep state, the people that really deserve any to be of it, arrested. But
11: also, they can do it to any of these politicians here. If they're going to do it to Trump, they need to do it to Biden. Otherwise, they're going to have hell to pay if they stop him from the election. It will not be pretty.
12: What? Uh, describe what?
11: What do you mean hell to pay? Like what? what it will pay? not be pretty if he, they stop him from running for president. Mm-hmm.
6: Of course, no one will actually be specific about what's going to happen.
7: The Democrats have never taken the guns. Never. Not in the history of America. But okay. they always say they do. So they say they want to put Trump in jail, but they know that's a worst-case scenario to see Donald Trump in jail, because that's going to make a lot of people very angry. And you see what happens when we get angry, right? They don't want to get them angrier, because that will definitely make them angrier
6: than January 6th. Do you think that something bad would happen? I mean, like, what do you think would happen?
7: I mean, it isn't, it's like saying, what's one plus one? What is it? That, so you already know the answer to that question.
6: The next show is in Atlanta. We'll see what happens then.
4: Like, why don't they just say what they mean? They don't even have to like make a threat. They can just be like, "Hey, I think, um, you know, there'll be uh, riots, and uh, I think there'll be riots." They could just say that. Or, like, I don't know why they wouldn't say that. it's not, you know, you can predict that stuff all you want. I don't think anything. Yeah, somebody in chat was like, "They're all talk." I, I, I think so too. I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, up next, we got a uh, Trump's team uh, actually wants a more diverse jury pool than what they're gonna get in uh, Washington D.C. Odd because Washington D.C. is one of the most diverse areas of this country, so I think they don't necessarily mean that. Let's see where they'd like to uh, maybe have the the, the trial uh, about January sixth go down. Great website you got over there, uh, Elon. Let's try this again. <laughs>
13: you still going to pursue a change of venue absolutely we we would like a diverse venue a diverse jury um, do you have any that, expectation uh, that, that will be granted the, that reflects the 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 characteristics of the american people um, it's up to the judge i think west virginia would be an excellent venue to try this case speaking jury of close the judge you see in a much more diverse What's more.
4: West Virginia is more diverse than Washington, D.C.? I'm, I'm thinking no. I'm thinking what he means is he wants to get it out of D.C. because there's, you know, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of black folks in D.C. <laughs> um, this one's great. Uh, this one's like <laughs> the, the, what I uh, put for the uh,
1: description on here is like, what was I supposed to do, just twiddle my thumbs? We are talking about whether we are going to, as a nation, completely repudiate every one of our founding principles. Uh, which is what the modern left wing, which is in control of the Democrat Party, believes, that we are the root of all evil in the world and we have to be eradicated. This is an existential threat to the very survivability, not just of our nation, but, but of the uh, example that our nation Properly understood provides to the world. That's the stakes and Trump seems to understand that in a way a lot of Republican establishment types in Washington don't and it's the reason he gets so much support in the hinterland in the flyover country People are fed up with folks, you know get along go along while the country is being destroyed And so I think the stakes are much bigger and 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 that means a stolen election That thwarts the will of the people trying to correct course and get back on a path that understands the significance and the nobility of America and the American experiment is really at stake and we ought to fight for it. Then there are no longer, you know, any impediments to them preventing us from ever having a fair election again. Which means there are no impediments to them blocking the consent of the governed, having control of the direction of the government. And we no longer are free people. Right. I mean, those are the stakes. What the fuck is this guy talking those about? Those are the stakes. You know, what are you supposed to do? Just just sit around and twiddle your thumb. Eh, I mean, maybe it it would be too messy to to do anything about this. I'll just, you know, and maybe when the alligators come for everybody else, they'll eat me last.
4: Hmm. Yeah, that's dumb. He was talking, uh, that guy was talking about, um, he was morally obligated to try to, uh, change the outcome of the 2020 election because the alligators, I guess, um, that's weird. I don't know. They, they, they're already like saying, oh, well, we can't have any free and fair elections. They're already saying, it, and this is to gear up for 2024, I think. It's so that if, uh, if things don't go their way in 2024, they can just claim it was all stolen again. So uh, up next, uh, Mike Pence was a bit a bit evasive uh, in this interview when he was asked about the uh, fake electors scheme before uh, January 6th. Just a little evasive
1: up the fake slate of electors in a meeting with the senate parliamentarian on january 3rd in your book you said this i asked her a direct question referring to the senate parliamentarian are there any alternate electors from any state she told me there were not i mentioned that i had heard that some alternate electors had been sent from several of the disputed states so this was on january 3rd um what can you tell us about what you knew about this elector scheme on january 3rd that prompted you to ask this question
13: I just just heard what was being talked about in the press at the time, Chuck. But I thought it was a- yeah by
4: like by like January, by like early January. Like it was that Donald Trump knew that this this guy, for all his many many faults, wasn't going to fucking play ball. So he probably wasn't invited to any of the rooms where any of this was happening.
13: Uh, look, I uh, in January of 2017, uh, I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States, and under the Constitution, states certify elections and uh... while there were irregularities in states maybe a half a dozen states around the country that changed the rules mm-hmm. in the name of covid we challenged those in sixty court cases right. once the the courts had reviewed those and the states certified them i wanted to make sure that that we were we were operating on january six in a way that was consistent with the constitution consistent with the laws of the country uh... and and that's the reason that i sat down with the parliamentarian I looked through the process. I was right. determined to hear the objections that Republicans were planning to bring, Chuck, and many did bring. Right. I mean, you remember Democrats brought objections to electoral college votes in three of the last four elections that Republicans prevailed. There's right. nothing the unusual law. about right. that. None of it. Right. They uh, all, but I did ask the parliamentarian. Yeah, under the law. I did ask the parliamentarian very directly, Chuck. Right. I asked her because I was hearing rumors. I was reading in the newspaper that there were alternate electors. I just—I asked her point blank, was, no, "Was anybody are there in the White House telling you this?" From any state, and she said there was not. I, I don't recall that. I just remember hearing it in the okay. public, and I wanted a definitive answer whether or not the parliamentarian had received yeah. any additional electoral votes. She had not. So, as you know, I, I, right. we actually changed uh, the language as those uh, electoral college votes uh, were recorded. Right. But look, I, you know, Chuck, I've told you many times. I said it again at the Iowa State Fair. Right. Uh, I had no right to overturn the election. The, the I, Constitution is quite clear. Uh, as Vice President, my job was to preside over a joint session of Congress uh, where the Constitution says the Electoral College right. votes shall be opened and shall be right. counted. And let I me, know let me ask you grace, this. I did my duty that day. Donald Trump
1: had said this week that he never asked you to disregard the Constitution and that he never said that you were too honest.
4: Well... Whatever, I would never accuse Mike Pence of being too honest. He just didn't want to go down with the fucking ship, man. That's all. He just—he's like, he, he's like, I'm not going down with this one. He's like, oh, I'll do. I've done a lot of crazy and bad shit as a uh, governor of Indiana and as the vice president, but I ain't going down with this ship. Also, it's funny he thinks he's running for president. He aint he's, hes not running for president. I mean, he thinks he is, but uh, that Vivek Ramaswamy guy get more votes than he does. Anyway, up next, we got um, somebody, they brought their receipts. This is in response to uh, Keith Kellogg endorsing Trump and saying that Pence is unworthy of the presidency. Uh, Former staffer Mark Short uh, produces an email that Kellogg sent him on January 6th showing that Kellogg was opposed to Trump's uh, attempts to change the result of the 2020 election until he learned to love them. Love it when people bring receipts.
14: I want you to also listen to what uh, retired General Keith Kellogg, as you know, he served as Pence's National Security Advisor, uh, just put out in a statement. I'm going to read a couple sentences from the statement. You know him well, uh, Keith Kellogg. Pence has often chosen the passive route, avoiding confrontation. This lack of assertiveness combined with an over-reliance on failed political consultants like Mark Short. Has demonstrated a laissez-faire leadership style, unworthy of the presidency. What-
4: but this is irrelevant. Fucking Mike Pence is not going to win the primary.
12: What's your reaction to uh, uh, Kellogg? Well, Wolf, um, it's saddened to read that. I I don't want to denigrate anybody who has served our country in uniform in combat like Keith has, uh, but at the same time, I think Keith has just recently boasted that he nominated Mike Pence for the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which I don't think is consistent with his comments of him lacking leadership skills. I also know there were a lot of young men and women on our staff who stood at their posts on January 6th. Unfortunately, Keith was not one of them. Keith was at the rally at the time that the United States Secret Service evacuated the Vice President. The Vice President's National Security Advisor was down on the rally encouraging people to march on the Capitol. So he did not stand his post. And You know, I did bring a receipt tonight because this is an email that I got from Keith on January 6th in the evening of January 6th, in which he said, the president is up in the residence. I recommend you stay on the Hill and finish the Electoral College issue tonight. I responded, that's our plan. And he said, that's not a good plan. That's a great plan. Close this thing out tonight. So on January 6th, Keith was clearly supporting the vice president's actions. I know that he's still on Donald Trump's payroll, and perhaps that's why he's saying something different today. That's a pretty
14: serious charge you're making right now.
12: I think that his comments, you know, are very inconsistent with everything he said about Mike Pence and also in private to Mike Pence in the two years since January 6th.
14: All right. We'll follow up uh, with the uh, general Kellogg. See what else he has to say. Thanks very much Thank Mark you, for, Thanks for joining. For
4: having- He's like, actually, I have an email here that says uh, something quite the opposite of what this guys saying. And I mean, people do that all the time. It's not a super big deal. It's just that like in that case, the dude was <laughs> the dude was, uh, the dude was like, yeah, stop this, get this, get this done with. We, we can't have this. And now he's like, oh, we should have stopped the steal. And it's like, well, you know, at the time he didn't really feel that way. It's weird. It's weird. But the, the guest there was like, well, you know, who's paying him. Anyway, we got a uh, Chris Miller on Fox news. He's going to, he's like, I absolutely told January 6th committee under oath that Donald Trump made an order, made an order to deploy the national guard. And then he went on, um, And then uh, he went on Fox, well, he was on Fox, and he's like, I absolutely told the J6 committee uh, under oath that Donald Trump made an order to deploy the National Guard. But then under oath, he was like, I was never given any direction or knew of any plans of that nature. So he said one thing uh, to the uh, J6 committee, and you can imagine that, a completely different thing on Fox News. I don't know, maybe, hopefully he's lying to Fox News. Who knows?
9: You heard Donald Trump authorize up to 20,000 troops, Cash Patel. uh, So they had
10: plans for activating more folks. Uh, but that was not anything more than contingency planning. Wait, what's was happening no here? Official message traffic or anything of that nature. With so, just so we're, we're clear, you did not have
15: 10,000 troops for, to be on the ready.
4: Fox fucked up their uh, their audio. Did you did you, hear, Prior, are you looking at this?
10: Prior January 6th. Prior
1: to January 6th.
6: Uh, a non-military person... Probably could have some sort of weird interpretation, but no, to answer the question,
10: uh, that was not uh, part of my plan or the Department of Defense's plan.
15: And just that the rest of his statement was,
16: quote, that was a direct order from President Trump, and yet here is what we see, all kinds of blame going around, but not a whole lot of accountability. And to be to be crystal clear, there was no direct order from President Trump to put ten thousand troops to be on the ready for January 6th, Correct. No. Yeah,
10: you're, that's correct. There was no direct. There was no order from the president.
16: We authorized.
4: Well, something's horribly wrong with this clip. Anyway, we're going to move on. This'll, this is live, everybody. Can you tell? Um, <clears throat> so, I mean up next fuck the Lincoln project and fuck everybody involved well, fuck the like the main people in the Lincoln project however they do have some pretty snazzy video editors are working for them probably some younger people check this out
17: presidential charm the DeSantis method when interacting with the public, be sure to turn on the charm.
18: Stop
19: coming up to me, talk to me. What are you talking about? I'm not here burger with people. Are you, are you fine? Friendly. What is that? So Nicey? Yeah, that's probably a lot of sugar,
17: huh? Fun. I'm here. I don't
19: know. The I'm other just one's I'm not. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. It's good. It's good. Alright, all right. we'll say hi
17: right, to everybody. When interacting with the media. It's important to be polite and congenial.
12: How would they know me? Okay, think about that. Do you honestly believe that's credible?
17: Strong. You better ask an on-topic question because I'm not answering anything that's not about the economy. Confident. I'm sick of the the, the, the judgmental stuff. It's important to be prepared for any situation that might come up on the campaign trail. Even a runny nose. (laughs) Yum. Whoopsie.
12: Okay, don't back down. Oh. It smells really good, I'll tell you that.
17: Wow, great job, Ron. Everyone enjoys a good story, so make sure you tell a good one. You know, my mom, you, or my, my wife. Perfect.
20: Someone left a bunch of balls, and then she was in the next one. So we're hitting, and I, and I noticed the balls, but I noticed her,
17: right? Riveting.
19: What time is it? It's gotta be past ten o'clock. Seven fifteen.
8: Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah I,
20: I, I, it's too late to call my wife.
17: With these simple steps, you'll go from being a presidential candidate to not being a presidential candidate in no time.
4: Right, Ron? <laughs> like I said, I mean, fuck the people in the, Lind- especially the people that had the Lincoln Project, but they do. They have some pretty good video uh, people there. The younger folks, I'm assuming. Up uh, here we go. <clears throat> Here's a Fox News host versus uh, a GOP House of Representative member uh, talking about the uh, accusations against uh, the Biden family.
15: He serves on the House Oversight Committee. Congressman, thanks for taking time with us today. You heard from the president there yesterday. Um, He has maintained all along that he never talked to anybody, including his son, about his foreign business deals. Uh, What's your reaction to what he said yesterday?
7: I I, I mean, he runs away from the camera every time he gets a difficult question in front of him. I mean, I I think it's rather pathetic to have the leader of the free world, you know, running and and saying "Oh shucks and and saying that everyone's lying. I mean, here we had Devin Archer under sworn oath uh, of lying to Congress, go and, and say that the, the then Vice President of the United States on 20 Sir, different he, occasions.
15: Uh, I just want to flag that, clarify, he was not under oath when he gave his deposition to the House committee, I thought.
7: Okay. <laughs> here he was in front of Congress and asking, um, and saying that the Vice President of the United States conference called in 20 different times to business meetings uh, for Hunter Biden to show off this access. Uh, and in, in, in the same testimony, says that Burisma sold a brand, and that brand was Biden and access to power and access to the vice presidency they've made it an industry as a family of monetizing uh access to high people in government and and i think it's it's very sad to see the president react like this we're going to continue to gather the facts on the oversight committee we are going to continue to put together you know the the financial documents that you can't refute the fact that we have 20 million dollars accounted for from foreign entities uh yet Hunter was never a, a registered foreign agent, you know, that that would uh, that would certainly be a crime right there.
4: Uh, Except like the probably like, OK, if you have to register as a foreign agent. It's because you're lobbying the U.S. government. You don't have to register as a foreign agent if you just go take a job for some company overseas.
7: Uh, and this the evidence just continues to pile up. But it's a web of lies and deceit as the president continues to deny this involvement or knowledge.
15: Well, sir, um, Democrats have pointed out, Byron York, uh, in studio with me last hour, pointed out that despite nearly two years now of an investigation into the president's son, while you have certainly unearthed the trove of evidence uh, that the committee says proves the president's association, there has not been produced a smoking gun, clear-cut, undeniable proof of the president's involvement with his son's foreign business deals. What do you say to that?
7: Well, we, we've never claimed that we have direct money going to the president, but many members of his family have received money from foreign governments, and this is something that is
4: very like important who?
7: for the American people to know. We haven't been at this for two years. We've the House Oversight Committee. We didn't take the majority as Republicans until January of this year. This investigation uh, has 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 been going on now for eight months, and we've accomplished more in eight months uh, than than it's taken you know some entities years to to achieve uh, the banking. Rep- Speak for themselves. I mean no one does business like this unless you are up to no good where you're creating 20 different shell companies Swirling the money around as it comes in from foreign entities and then transferring out to family members uh, um, you know, well, Here is wanna... a family where Can I just follow up with you on the the a point? I... We heard something Or background
15: I,
21: I want to just they're, follow they're up they're with you sir on a point you made, made mo-
1: They're on
4: a delay you can <clears throat> He's probably not too too upset that he's ending up talking over her but they're they're on like a significant delay there's like got there's like a second that, that that he's like behind because of like whatever whatever connection they have that's what's going on here but uh he just starts talking as soon as he thinks she's given up on trying to ask him a question which is what you don't do when you're on a delay when you're on a delay you're supposed to fucking slow down
15: a moment ago which is you said we never claimed that. Um, any money was funneled directly to the president. That is precisely the claim uh, that the chairman of your committee, James Comer, and also Jim Jordan, have made many times on the public record. We are, on we are putting
7: an investigation together laying out the facts between, uh, on the business dealings of this family. We are going to continue this investigation. Uh, I believe impeachment inquiry would give us more tools to get the job done, but I think the Speaker of the House has been very methodical, as has the chairman of our committee had been very methodical in the way they've laid this out, that we are presenting the facts as we get them. That's why this is the third memo of financial documents that has been released this week. Uh, And and we have kept the American public up to speed of the work of this committee. you, you have not seen any memos officially claiming that the president received direct funds. That has not been said. Uh, and as, as we continue this investigation, we'll continue to re- release this information. But you know, where there's smoke, there's typically a raging inferno. And when you have $20 million based on no saleable skills and no uh, background that this family has in, in, in the businesses that they were in, they were literally selling a name and selling a powerful brand. Uh, that was senior in government to foreign agencies, foreign governments and foreign businesses. Uh, you know, the fact that Archer said that Barisma would have been belly up, but for the Biden family protection, I think says an awful lot.
15: Uh, Congressman, got to leave it there. Got to clarify again that the chairman of your committee and multiple colleagues of yours have made that direct claim that money has been funneled um, to the president, or that he has profited directly off of his son's foreign business deals. We got to leave it there. Thank you so much for taking time with us today. We appreciate it.
4: A lady about to get fired. Thank you. Or <clears throat> the other thing is, and I've been sort of noticing this a little bit, I feel like some of the people at uh, Fox News, possibly like producers or whatever, they're like thinking a little more long term. And <clears throat> it may be, maybe they're thinking it's not such a hot idea. To go chasing, like basically chasing ghosts in the night, every time somebody makes a claim, because even their uh, their viewership, first of all, their viewership's getting older, and so they're going to have to find a way, maybe to get people from my generation or something to start watching. They're not going to get um they're not going to get like uh, the generations behind me to start watching any time soon. But like they're tr- they got to get the Gen Xers to start watching if they're going to like be able to continue to have a viewership as like my parents' generation they start dying off and. I don't think that a lot of the Gen Xers are really going to end up over at Fox as if if they just keep chasing every fucking story, every claim uh, about the Bidens, or previously it was the Obamas, right? And even before that, it was the Clintons. Well, it's always been the Clintons. The Clintons have already been mixed in, but I don't think my generation is that interested in that stuff. And so I think there's some people at Fox, like I said, who are thinking a little more long-term and want to keep their jobs as producers, don't want to have to... Or if they have to go, like, look for a job somewhere else, they don't want their fucking resume tarred and feathered with a bunch of bullshit. And so they're some of the people, especially in the, like the daytime part of Fox where it's like more reporting. And I think that's where that last clip was from. They're starting to push back, not say, Oh, I think you're lying. Or I think you're full of shit, but being like, Hey, other people on this, like what she was saying, other people on the network made the claim that you're saying isn't being made. And I think it's just that there are the people in like the news department are, um, thinking about their careers and their future and they don't, they're not going to their, their careers are cooked if they just keep doing this conspiracy mongering. So I think we're starting to watch things change at least during the daytime on Fox news. We'll see though. Anyway, up next, we got a Laura Ingram. She's going to claim that the grand Canyon national monument is a Joe Biden scheme to funnel uranium money to Kazakhstan. (laughs) Her producers, on the other hand, don't give a fuck.
22: The question isn't whether Joe Biden himself got direct payments from foreign business interests, even oligarchs. He's stupid, but he's not that stupid, right? But he benefited because his son benefited, his only remaining son. And it sent a message to the world that American policy was for sale. And what policy in particular was for sale? Well, we may not ever know. But as long as Joe Biden is in power, a cloud of corruption hangs over this White House. Take his announcement yesterday, brazenly crippling America's uranium mining capacity by making one million acres permanently off limits for any type of mining.
4: Were we were we mining a lot of uranium And
6: in... Going to
13: come from the sacrifices of dealing with taking on the climate crisis.
4: Were we mining a lot of uranium near the Grand Canyon?
13: These are investments in our planet,
6: our people, and America itself. Protecting our outdoor treasures, making our nation more resilient.
22: Treasures. He has a lot of treasures he wants to protect. But it's just more green smoke, because uranium, that's obviously found in this million acres, is vital not just for nuclear power plants, but for our weapons systems. And what country, when you think about how this is all being cordoned off, can't do any mining here, is one of the biggest beneficiaries of Joe's courageous decision? None other than Kazakhstan, home of one of Biden's preferred oligarchs and one of his son's sugar daddies. It's now guaranteed to remain the dominant supplier of uranium to the United States with its 35 percent share. Well, it all could really make perfect sense, couldn't it? One of the most crooked families in American politics is responsible for making America permanently dependent on one of the most crooked countries on the face of the planet. And that's the angle.
4: I'm skeptical that we were uh, mining a lot of uranium near the Grand Canyon. I'm not a uranium mining expert, nor am I an expert on the Grand Canyon, but I, I feel like we probably weren't mining a lot of uranium uh, near the Grand Canyon. I also feel like maybe... The United States isn't mining a lot of its own uranium either, because of like the the shitty thing we do, where if something's dangerous or if some if something's dangerous, we just have poor people in other countries do it. And I feel like that's probably what's going on with mining uranium. <laughs> so up next, we got uh, everybody. We can all agree, everybody hates Mitch McConnell. <laughs> This is in his home state at like one of his own events, and everybody fucking hates this guy. Man, he could just retire. He's got a lot of fucking money. I mean, why is he even putting himself through this? this I mean, even what if he was a nice guy and this was happening to him everywhere? I mean, he's a giant piece of shit and whatnot, but. Like, what if it wasn't a giant piece of shit? Maybe, maybe it's time to retire. Go sip cocktail on a beach for the rest of your life, dude. Don't worry, some other ghoul will take your job. There are right wingers and left wingers in that audience holding hands, booing Mitch McConnell. Hey,
8: and, uh, That's, right
4: Center, right? boo, boo. That's great. I love you you'll love to see it. You love to see uh, Mitch McConnell getting booed. Up next, we got, it looks like, uh, Tucker Carlson being interviewed. (laughs) No, he's interviewing Tristan Tate, and, uh, Tucker's gonna go after Fox News for not having the back of one Mr. Alex Emmerich Jones, which, eh, it's a little
16: weird. That's down to people like you. Do you think, um, since you spend a lot of your life thinking about communications, the media, social media, like... Where are we in five years? Is speech restored to the average person or is there less speech? I would say, without trying to kiss your ass, because I'm not an ass kisser, that's down to people like you fighting the good fight. Depends on the American political climate, which obviously you have a lot of sway over.
4: So this guy's going in and out of a British accent. Can you hear it?
16: Whether anyone likes it or not. Um, I believe it's the negative ideas from England and America that have certainly made this happen to me. Yeah. Also, my case is important for countries in Eastern Europe. Obviously, Romania is a big ally of the United States; has been for a very long time. They have a very good relationship with the United States. If Romania are happy to, if if important people in Romania who I know speak highly of me, stand up and say, we're not going to publicly crucify this guy because America doesn't like it or because England doesn't like it. I believe this is a very good moment for Eastern European countries as well, NATO allies, that's right, to say, look, we don't have to do everything you say. We don't have to follow this insane agenda of accusing people you don't like with imaginary crimes and throwing them in jail. This could be a victory for Romania. The work you're doing could be a victory for the United States. England's lost, so forget England. Yeah. There's no free speech in England, that's over. Yeah, so it all depends on what shifts happen, who wins the next elections, how effective cancellations are, you have people like you know, Rumble, Elon, fighting against this silencing of every idea that's counterintuitive to the agenda of the deep state, or the matrix, as my brother calls them. So I don't know, but it's a very interesting time to be alive. I would like the optimist in me would like to think there's finally enough pushback. So let's take Alex Jones. You don't have to agree with everything Alex Jones says. I like Alex Jones. But I don't, I don't agree with everything Alex Jones says, and you don't have to. But Bill Maher, famously, and credit to him, said when Alex Jones got banned, he said we shouldn't be banning people. He said, I hate Alex Jones, but Alex Jones should be allowed to talk. Everyone should be allowed to talk in the town square. I feel like when they got Alex Jones, there was no safety net. He is a warrior, and he continued fighting, and now he's back in the mainstream. Good for him. But he was renegated to his own site with his own servers, streaming every day to small audiences after they axed him off YouTube. Uh, No no one defended him. No one. I was on vacation that day. Yeah. I was fishing out of the country. And the company that I worked for, which is supposedly in favor of free speech, said not one word in his yeah. defense. And it's like, first they came for Alex Jones. I, I didn't care that's because totally I was right. Alex Jones. Yeah. Oh,
4: first they came for Alex yeah. Jones, but, and I so did not speak up.
16: now there is a, I don't even want to call it counterculture, but if you cancel people, look, they canceled Andrew. How successful was that? He's sitting here with you today. Yeah. He's bigger than ever. His voice is louder than ever. Now, thanks to people like Alex Jones, who took the initial brunt of the weapon, the cancellation weapon, now there are lots of different platforms, lots of different apps, lots of different applications. Of Elon's taken over Twitter, which was a mainstream uh, app, which censored people very heavily. Um, The pushback has started. So the optimist in me would like to look at the trend line and say things are getting better as compared to when they uh, canceled Alex six, seven years ago. It does feel that way. Yeah, it does feel that way. So I'm going to be hopeful for the future. But also... I don't know what these people are capable of. I don't know what they're capable of. Look, look, look! look, look what's happened in my life. Um,
4: so, just real quick, if it, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but after Alex was kicked off of uh, YouTube and Facebook, he was still allowed on uh, Twitter. And um, the only, I think, the only reason he got kicked off was because at a, at the uh, at the Capitol, Jack Dorsey was going to go speak to Congress, and Alex Jones went up to him and started fucking yelling at him as he walked up the fucking stairs to go speak to Congress. And then like fucking a day later, he was kicked off Twitter. So, you know, these 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 tech people, they, they have big egos. Could you imagine that? Like a Peter Thiel or an Elon Musk. They have uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Sheryl Sandberg, all these people, they have big egos. And so Alex probably would have got to stay on Twitter a little longer had he not like con- tried to confront uh, Jack Dorsey while he was on his way to um, speak to Congress. Now, I don't know if, I don't know if that's what happened or if he was going to be banned soon anyway, and Twitter was just waiting or, you know, assessing the situation more or whatever, but it, it, it seemed awful coincidental to me that it, the a day or two, I think it might even been the same day, but I, within two days of him like going after uh, Jack Dorsey on his way to speak to Congress. He was then kicked off of Twitter and then he had uh, no social media or none of the big social media platforms where he could, he could do his show and you know, whatever Alex Jones has a right to say whatever he wants, but I don't think that uh, he has a right to use anybody else's computer systems. Just like I don't have a right to use your computer. So up next uh, if you remember there was a brawl in Montgomery. We're not going to cover that, but we do have a couple um we do have a couple funny uh, like second order things about the brawl in Montgomery. One is uh, there's a song about the brawl in Montgomery.
19: Oh, we'll stop playing with these niggas. Lego. Hey, I'm really proud of y'all Montgomery Brawl Bitch Not one, but a mall Montgomery Brawl oh, yeah. Shout out bro that can swim Montgomery Brawl shit. shit, really all of them Montgomery Brawl really? Shout out Unk with the chair Montgomery Brawl Everybody that was there Montgomery Brawl oh, yeah. Threw the hat off at the start Montgomery Brawl Man, shout out to the girl Montgomery Brawl hey, now y'all done started some shit, so we gon' finish it Y'all did it. And this time, everybody about to witness oh, it y'all. Bro told them to move, just doing his job But y'all wanted to jump him, so now we got a prize. Let's get it all right, bet. let me tell y'all what really happened and heard they was jumping on my cousin, let me off, let me off. Cuz came out the water like, let's get it cracking up um, came with the chair like, I got some ash Cuz came no shirt like, I got some Sebastian I got Even the women getting hit, like, damn, what happened? Beat. Hey, this shit was kinda lit, like, damn, it's cracking I even seen a rock bottom, like, damn, this wrestling? Seen a couple of them boys go night-night Woo! And we got the first black man to swim to a fight Salute. If you mad at this song, don't mention me don't do it. But fuck that, that chair going down in history Hey, I'm really proud of y'all Montgomery Brawl Bitch Not one, but a mall Montgomery Brawl Shout out bro that can swim Montgomery Brawl salute. shit, really all of them Montgomery Brawl Shout out hunk with the chair Montgomery Brawl Everybody that was there Montgomery Brawl Threw the hat off at the start Montgomery Brawl Man, shout out to the girl Montgomery Brawl Yeah, this a real good moment in history right now Let us all smile Salute
4: so the uh yeah we didn't we're not gonna like uh, we're not obviously not gonna watch the Montgomery Brawl but the, the song was pretty good and uh up next we got uh <laughs> some people did a bit of a dr- dramatic reenactment of this uh Montgomery Brawl which is uh <laughs> I think it's rather funny so here here's uh I guess we can only yeah it's a, a reenactment of the Montgomery Brawl here we go <laughs> <laughs> that was an important cultural moment. Um, and I, I like to see that the reenactment, like a bunch of different kind of a bunch of different people came together to reenact the Montgomery brawl. Very nice. Very nice. So up next, uh, Janet Porter, uh, she is, we've watched her before. She is a, uh, like a right wing sort of, uh, right wing Christian activist, like a, like a white Christian nationalist, uh, anti-abortion activist. And, um, <clears throat> She is a brilliant political mind, as you're about to see in this clip. She's like, "Well, if they if they do an amendment, we'll do an amendment." And it's like, "Well, that's okay." Here, just check it out. This is amazing.
15: I know we serve the God of the Impossible, but looking at the looking at the statistics, um, they've won everywhere. They've bulldozed this thing through. But um, but we're gonna stand. And if it's standing like Tiananmen Square, if they, they bulldoze us over, we're going to stand. We're not giving up. We're not going to quit. Um, and uh, the good news is, um, if if we lose, um, we we need to do it. We can do it again. We can we can put it on the ballot ourselves. But now we only need fifty percent and not sixty percent. So again, the, the the loss yesterday hurt. Um, but the only thing worse than losing that election was if we had won and then lost in November, locking in their victory, making it so that we had to get sixty percent to unravel that.
4: So yeah, there was a there was a, a thing. It was a, a a ballot initiative in Ohio where they they tried to raise the threshold to um, amend the Constitution to sixty percent. And she's like, "Well, we lost that." They wanted to raise it so that people couldn't. Um, people, there was a, a groundswell of people trying to enshrine abortion rights into the into um, into law in in Ohio via via referendum and she's like well we lost the 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 thing that would have made it be 60% but she's like now if they get the 50% plus 1 to change the law we can just change it back with 50% plus 1 she's a fucking genius i'm telling you fucking genius up next uh everybody you know we got like black history month and pride month and whatever well what what we're going to do now we're going to um do christian history month And uh, as always, shout out to Right Wing Watch. Probably couldn't do this show without them.
14: I think people are feeling it's time for Christian History Month. Christian History Month. And I hadn't thought about when, but I'm going to suggest June because it's also Celebrate Life Month, the life of this
4: nation. No, you're suggesting June because it's Pride Month
14: was founded on a Christian worldview.
4: Um, A lot of of gay Christians out there, and a lot of Christians who are in favor of gay rights. So, I mean, we could celebrate that, that part of Christian history, sure.
14: If we preach all this and teach it in June, we'll be ready for the 4th of July with a true understanding of what it means when it comes around. Maybe others could propose a different month. But, you know, you have the authority to create celebratory months and recognize things and I think it's time and I've talked with a few leaders I talked with Don Federer and he said there'd been talk about it but he felt it was the right time and you know we just uh, June would be a good month but that's that's my contributions to the discussion
4: well thanks I guess for contributing to the discussion June will be a uh, Christian history month I guess can do Christian history month if they want. I don't care. It's not like I'm going to, I'm going to celebrate it, but other people can fuck it. So up next, uh, I didn't know Rick Santorum was still around. I thought that, uh, Dan Savage had, uh, pretty much taken him out of the conversation with that spreading Santorum website. Um, but no, so here's, um, He wants to have a, a, a constitutional convention, an Article Five constitutional convention. Like, well, and before we get going here, when people talk about this, they don't really understand what happens. If there's a if there's a convention of the states, a constitutional convention, you don't get to call it and then say it's going to be about this. People can just bring up anything. It's a fucking free for all, and and amendments to the Constitution can be passed. And so, like people who want to do it to. For any reason, they need to they need to think a little more deeply about it and understand what's going to happen there. Rick Santorum, not exactly known for deep thought, so we'll see we'll see what he has to say here. And once again, a shout out to Right Wing Watch. If yeah, Santorum can stick around, it, sometimes it stays around. You got to take a shower.
11: You know, one of the things that I uh, uh, I hear all the time when uh, as I travel around the country is uh you know people talk about the constitution and 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 we can't mess with the constitution and and i think people forget that um the constitution was was written by folks like you they were almost all state legislators they weren't congressmen they weren't people from to be fair i don't
4: really know that there were states as we understand them at this time when the constitution was written
11: the federal government they were people from the states and interestingly enough, not surprisingly though, that they, they wrote the, the Constitution to keep them in power, right? They, they had to give more power to the federal government than the Articles of the Confederation, but they wanted you folks, the state legislatures, the states, to be at the top of the food chain. That was, so when people say, well, don't mess with the Constitution, does anybody believe that the states are at the top of the food chain? Do you believe any of you are at the top of the food chain?
4: Not very convincing and also incorrect, mostly just because he's trying to read the minds of a bunch of dead people. I don't know <clears throat> that the the formation of the federal government was put there to put the states at the top of the food chain. And again, uh, constitu- or, uh, uh, fucking, uh, convention of the states is uh, fraught with problems no matter what you're trying to get done. Because... Some other thing may come up and you know, the thing that you were trying to get done doesn't even end up getting discussed and then something you don't want to happen ends up happening. Um, that guy's an idiot. It's a good thing he's leading this charge or whatever, because he's he's an idiot. Anyway, um, we don't really have a palate cleanser this week, but we do have is a Marshawn Lynch, just a national treasure. Here's a, here's him over at NASA talking to the people at NASA this is pr- this is pretty fucking awesome
2: we
18: have a phone call to the International Space Station planned for you
1: uh-huh. so you get a chance to talk to the astronauts. That's in real
18: space? In yeah. real space. Got 200. <laughs> <laughs> so what if yeah. I say something like, the trajectory right now, do, do I sound like I should be in here? Like, of course, oh, yeah. Okay. So right. I'm going to just throw the trajectory out there a few times. <laughs> hey, what's, what, what's the trajectory looking like? Everything, you know, copostatic, everything straight? Yeah, it's good. What I don't want to hear is Houston. We have a, you know, oh, yeah. they're in there just so chilling. They, they ain't got no shoes to... on. Where they to you, yeah. Josh, Frank, can... Koichi and, and Nicole, how we doing today?
8: <laughs> hey, good
16: evening, guys, and welcome to the International Space Station. This is Frank talking to you on Space Ground Two. <laughs> this
1: is uh, Nicole Mann, and I'm from Northern California.
18: Oh, oh! yeah, the hometown representing it's the connection that we got. Can you feel me right now? I, I could feel your aura. Oh yeah, we can
8: feel
18: you. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. So I was just wondering if one of y'all knew how to moonwalk. Can you actually moonwalk while you up there? Oh Wait <laughs>
8: <That's great. laughs> oh, yeah.
18: oh, I just got to witness the moonwalk on the moon. Yeah, you know I'm talking about Michael Jackson couldn't even do that.
4: I mean, they weren't on the moon, but I'm not gonna fucking, I'm not gonna spend too much time worrying about it. The man is a national treasure. He made fun of the people that think space is fake. He like was like trying to pretend. He was like, well, do I use, if I use words like trajectory, will I be taken seriously around here? Just very funny stuff. That's great. That's great. So up next, uh, we got the, the opposite of a palate cleanser. This is uh, Lance Walno. He is, um, I guess, a Christian nationalist of some kind, and he's going to talk about. Um, Specific counties that'll be targeted in uh, 2024 to uh, steal the election. Uh, 17 specific counties. I wonder if he's a uh, uh, dog whistling at the Q people because the Q, you know, being the 17th uh, letter of the alphabet. I don't know this. I don't. This guy didn't strike me as that smart. But here, here's here's what he has to say.
9: We know they're going to try to steal an election. I know that there's 3,143 counties in America, but only 17 are going to make a difference. I know what the 17 are, do you? You need to know the 17. Because we can handle 17. We can't handle 3,143. There are 17 places that are gonna try to steal it. There's technology now. I talked with Mike Lindell, he'll be doing a reveal. We have AI, not all AI is going to be against us. AI technology can do in seconds an exposure of fraudulent votes. We're now, our side is looking at, guess what? exposing fraud in 17 counties.
13: Are you with us?
4: I wonder if he can name 17 counties. I'm not a hundred percent sure that was a dog whistle to the fucking Q weirdos, but it could have been, it certainly could have been. Um, sure. If he wants to focus on 17 counties, I guess, uh, we'll, we'll let him Up next. We got Michael Flynn. <laughs> Who usually lives in red light, but we put him on the regular docket this week because I have, you know, we had a bit of a slow news week around here, and he's going to he's going to talk about how at church you should just put down the Bible and just uh, read the read the Constitution because that's what uh, that's what people go to church for.
8: Our Constitution, yes, sir. our Constitution. If you read our Constitution, and you
7: should. In fact, you should. Put the Bible aside and read the Constitution during some of your sermons. Just read pieces of it. Yeah. Why? Why? Because if you study our, you study our Constitution. I mean, study it. You study the Federalist Papers. You study the, the the writings of our founders. Writings as as deep as as reading the letters from our founding fathers to their wives or to their to their children.
4: That's not the Constitution.
7: Fascinating. And the, the United States Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence are based primarily on
2: the Bible. Yeah. I, I, no. I mean they are.
8: We get it. No. No doubt about it. Okay.
4: This guy's lost his mind. He sounds like um. He sounds like the grandpa in The Simpsons. And sometimes when he's talking, like that, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. He was like, read the Constitution, but also read the letters that the founding fathers sent to their families. Like, I mean, I, that'd be kind of cool, I guess, to, to read in church. Sure. I mean, it's, it's fine with me. Um, up next, we got, uh, this is Steve Schultz. He hosts Elijah's List. Um, usually when we watch this, or historically when we've watched uh, clips from him, it's because he's had Cat Kerr on. Cat Kerr is like the like a weather warrior person. She thinks she can control the weather with like a fucking magic staff or some shit, but not this time. This is a uh, Johnny enlow who's on his show, and uh, this this what he what Johnny's going to say here is just kind of kind of all over the place. Check this out.
9: There's people that talk about there being Trumpism and excessive adulation of Trump, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and they miss that throughout history, quality leaders have lost their commission and/or their lives. Um, by not recognizing who God is working through. And so this is supposed to speak to some people, some people in the body of Christ, some some leaders. And if you just go through, you know, Moses, how many times did he face either directly this challenge of, who is this Moses? Or some virtual equivalent of that. His own sister gets too familiar, gets leprosy for challenging his uh, leadership until he prays for her. You have the Korah rebellion that goes on. You have, uh, uh, you know, the examples of there's David, his own son, anointed, called, comes from David. He's from the tribe uh, of Judah and all that kind of stuff. He just thinks he's the anointed one. And then you have some of David's uh, loyal priests, loyal advisors, loyal leaders that have served him, that have been following the anointing for 40 years, but they don't understand David is the anointed man. And so they go against him and their commission. They literally lose their lives. Most of these guys in the process. So
4: even the host has no idea what the fuck this guy is talking about. This
9: is a word. uh, That's why there's this last chance. um, And I'm going to get into that a little more, but I just want to say that again. This is the word. The Trump train is coming in and taking off. Get on board. That's the key part is get on board. Last chance.
4: The train doesn't take off. Uh, a train departs the station. That would be an airplane. What a... I told you that was all over the place. I, like, listened to it before because somebody... I I forget forget who sent it to me. Like, they, like, tagged me or something and they're like, this is the... This doesn't make any damn sense. Like, could you explain this to me? And I was like, well, no. And it was just... It was completely all over the place. I mean, that's good, though. That's good. At least whatever the shit that was didn't make any sense, so it's not going to persuade anyone of anything. Here's a... like a religious right-wing commentator named Michael Brown, who is uh, not too happy with our uh, red light uh, star here on the show, a uh, little Nikki Fuentes. And uh, here's what he has to say.
20: The Lord rebuke you, Nick Fuentes. That is despicable. That is anti-Semitic drivel. That is from the pit. That is a blasphemous misuse of the name of Jesus, of the gospel, of the royalty of King Jesus. Yes, my friends, this is the vile white supremacism that we have denounced for decades raising its ugly head. This is the worst form of Christian nationalism. Is anything but the gospel? Is anything but living out Christian principles in America? Is anything but being salt and light? It is despicable. I denounce it. Every person of conscience should denounce it and pray for the salvation, repentance of Nick Fuentes and everyone who cheered his words on. Nick, the Lord rebuke you. You are in serious, deep, demonic error.
4: Hell yeah. Like, yes, Nick Fuentes. I mean, I, you know, I probably don't agree with that guy on much, but he, he like even called out Christian nationalism. And that's like a, like a, a, a right wing Christian uh, preacher guy. That, that's pretty cool. But I mean, that's like the kind of the low hanging fruit too. Like, it's not like, it's not like little Nikki Fuentes is, is it's hard to tell what's going on. He's not like he's using a lot of dog whistles or whatever. All right. We got a few more, we got a few more clips before we go into red light. Uh, first up, we got uh, Charlie Kirk and he's going to talk about the uh, Trump presidency and whether or not it was a failed presidency.
10: Gag order against Donald Trump and says, you're not allowed to talk about the case. And let's say then Donald Trump violates the gag order. What can be done? Well, very few people know this, but federal judges have arrest authority. If yes. he could send federal agents to then go arrest Donald Trump yes. and put him in jail, detain him. Yeah, for contempt of court, yes. Fine him, but probably jail him and say, we're done. You're in jail now. Or he could have another separate indictment that would be a hard case to win, another hard one to win, that could actually move very quickly of defying a gag order, which is against federal law. So some of you are emailing us, freedom at charliekirk.com, and you're saying Donald Trump should absolutely, certainly ignore the gag order. And by the way, I, I admit, he said absolutely nothing wrong here. Now, sure, you could appeal to another federal judge, maybe. But let's be very clear. Can you gag a political candidate? It's against the First Amendment.
4: No, it's not just because you're a political candidate doesn't mean that you don't have to obey the orders of the court.
10: Now, understand that the federal federal judges have far more power than people recognize or realize. This judge could conceivably sign an order and say, defendant Trump, you are now in pretrial detention for four months, no access to a phone. Is it worth taking that risk? Is it worth pushing the boundaries of the barriers to put Donald Trump in a prison cell with no access to phone to, to defy the gag order?
4: Well, no, it's not. I mean, no matter who you are, if, if you're out on pretrial detention, you just do what you're fucking told. Otherwise, you're not on pretrial. De- or, I'm sorry, pretrial release. You're not on pretrial release anymore. It doesn't matter if you're the president or just
10: some fucking person. And by the way, its maximum penalty for contempt in federal court is six months. But this judge has done all sorts of weird innovations in legal practice. Is this the hill to die on? That's an interesting question. Some of you say right here, Charlie, Donald Trump should defy the gag order, make them arrest him. They're not ready to put Donald Trump in prison. Well, I think they are ready to put him in prison. I think that the recent indictments show that. Well, except that he's out, uh, like he's been released. It's worth asking and it's worth contemplating. We'll find out. I don't think, here's what I think is going to happen. I think this judge is going to issue a very sternly, strongly worded final warning, basically saying, defendant Trump, you keep this up. I'm going to do a gag order. This truth social is not enough for me to gag you, but boy, I'm willing to gag you. That is where I think she's going to come down. Someone says, Charlie, can Trump get a gag order on Jack Smith? No. Of course. And they, this other person says, Charlie, this is all extremely one-sided. Of course it's extremely one-sided. They control the government.
4: <laughs> uh, welcome to the U.S. judicial system. The federal, the federal prosecutors have like a clearance rate over 95%, dude.
10: Do you imagine living in 1970s China? This Mao guy is really one-sided. We do not live in a free society anymore. The government has unlimited resources. They have favors. They have friends. They control the media. They're all in on it. So you're up against every power center. Every single power center. Let's play some pieces of tape here. I like how he calls it tape. Cut seven. Writer for The Atlantic, Tom Nichols, tells you why they're doing this. Elections are too risky. We cannot allow him to take power again. That is why a majority of the Democrat Party is in support of these indictments. They do not want to live through the horror show of another Donald Trump presidency.
4: Or maybe they think he committed crimes.
10: By the way, just to kind of push back against some of the people running against Donald Trump. Trump was a bad president. If Trump was such a failed president, why are they doing everything they possibly can to prevent a second term of Trump? If Trump was so ineffective, why are they going to such great levels and such great lengths to prevent him from having, taking office as the 47th president of the United States? 45 and 47. It's kind of strange, isn't it? It's it's kind of odd that <laughs> these people
4: are like law and order and shit. If like there's some person out there right now who's going through a, like pretrial, right? And they're being treated unfairly but it's like for cocaine or something. So Charlie Kirk ain't going to say shit about it because that's not, you know, that's not, not his, uh, not his homeboy or whatever, but like this guy, he's like not being treated. He's being tr- given special treatment essentially by the federal court system. He's under indictment in like three different places and none of them have seen fit to detain him. If I was indictment under indictment in three places, damn straight I wouldn't be here doing this fucking show. It wouldn't matter what I was indicted for. They'd be like, oh, the third time's a charm, Dave. We're gonna we're gonna take you in. So up next, we got a uh, Jimmy Dore. One Mr. Jimothy Dore. <laughs> He's uh, talking to RFK Jr. And it's about it's about healthcare in this country. Now if you remember Jimmy Dore and a bunch of the other kind of uh, the, pe- the dumb, dumb left people. They were like all mad at like the squad AOC, um, Ariana, Ariana Presley, um, I don't know, Presley, Ilan Omar. I forget who else is in the squad. They were mad that those people did not try to force a Medicare for all vote. They were livid about it. They were throwing like a giant fit about it. And like in reality, like trying to force that vote would have been stupid because it would have made uh, Medicare for all or any similar program look like a giant loser because it would have gone down like four or five to one under the current under the circumstances at the time. Well, here he is talking to uh, RFK Jr. about uh, universal health care and his stance RFK Jr. Just isn't as strong as it was when he was talking about
21: the squad, you know, for whatever reason.
3: You would guarantee health care for everybody in
21: America. Well I, my, op, my best option would be to do that. I, I don't think that you can do that all at once. and I don't think and I can tell you this. I you know I am not, I, that is a battle that I think is polarizing and that um, is, you know because the power of the pharmaceutical industry and the power of the medical cartel. That that it's just, at this point, it's too much of a heavy lift. So, you you know, you're never going to get there. So what I'm going to focus on is things that I can actually do, you know, and not promise people things that I'm not going to be able to do. What about a public option? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, you're talking about that. You could could do that. That's what you're saying, but you couldn't. Well, no, I don't even know if you can get it to a public option at this point with this Congress. Oh, okay. But my choice would would be to begin with a public option. And then you know Medicare, it, it, it if you, Medicare for all would take years to work out the kinks to make sure that it, people like it, that it's popular, that they are doing it right. You need to have a public option during that period anyway. Oh, so, you know that, that's how I do. It. I'm not running on that issue uh, because I, I I'm what I'm running on are issues that I think every American are going to be is going to be able to get behind.
4: So that's like again, Jimmy is definitely like on board with RFK jr, but he wasn't going to say nothing. He he wasn't going to call him a coward or anything for saying that he didn't think he could get it done. Uh, But like I said, when the squad wouldn't force a a vote that we uh, all knew was doomed to fail, he, it was the fucking most important thing that ever happened that they wouldn't do it because, and that's where I lose the thread, the because part, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know why it was the biggest thing in the world. Like, People even tried to explain to these dumb, dumb left folks why this was a bad idea right now to try to force it. And they called all those people shills. They said, oh, you're just in it for, you're in the bag for big pharma or whatever. And it's like, well, no, those people just know it's going to fail. And if you want to get a universal healthcare for people in this country long-term, you don't want to have a bunch of failed votes so that the people who are against it can be like, oh, you're bringing up this loser again. Because that's sort of how it works. That's how the conversation works. Because most people, are not fucking extremely online and fucking focused on politics all the time. And so all they know is that every time this comes through it, it fails in Congress, so they think it's a loser of an idea. It's not that hard to like figure that out and figure out why it's a bad idea to try to uh, try to force everyone to vote on something that you know is going to fail and fail badly. It's not that, you, it's not that we don't want it. It's that we know that we're not going to get it right now and that when we do... When when there is a vote on it, it should at least be close even if it goes down so the idea doesn't look like, a, oh, this is a four-to-one bad idea or whatever. It doesn't mean it's a bad idea just because it doesn't have the votes. But again, most people aren't like political animals and they just think it's a loser of an idea. Don't worry though, uh, Jimmy Dore has um, up next, he's got uh, Brett Weinstein on.
3: Fantastic, right? They're going to talk about, of course, trans people. You know a little bit about uh, gender and biology, and you're also uh, concerned about what's taken place in the conversations around this, as as am I. There's nobody could be more uh, pro uh, LGBTQ and whatever, but it's coming to a point now, of course, where just like the establishment used racism to silence people who were anti-establishment. They're now using the threat of calling you anti-LGBTQ to silence you from saying anything rational about transgenderism or gender-affirming operations for minors, right? And my theory is that the reason why this is so front and center, just like the same reason why the Washington Post and the media started talking more about racism when racism was actually going down. It's because the establishment needs these issues to distract us from the economic war that they're playing on us. I uh, guess
4: this is all a distraction. This is dumb. I'm gl- At least he didn't let Brett. At least we didn't hear any of what Brett said, though. I think we did watch some of that on the intellectual dollar tree on uh, Wednesday, though. I'm not sure. Try to block most of that show out of my mind, actually. All right, everybody, we got one more clip. It is, uh, (laughs) of course, it's Matt Walsh, and it's about uh, pansexuals, and um, Matt's just, like, trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to figure it out, because you know what's going to be a problem for Matt Walsh is going to be pansexuals. He's going to have to
6: deal with pansexuals. Pick a side. Okay, pick a team. Stop being indecisive. That's what, that's, what, uh, that's what pansexual really is. Aside from made up, it is, it's a lack of commitment. And you know, the thing is...
4: <laughs> I fuck everyone it is, in fact, a lack of commitment. I'll give them that. Other people,
6: I think, and this will be controversial, but other people have a right to know. Okay? Other people have a right to know if they are potential objects of your sexual fantasies. Why? Wouldn't that be weird
4: if I just walked down the street and I saw somebody and maybe we made a little eye contact and I stopped them. I go, excuse me. I have a right to know. Are you having, are you having a sexual fantasy about me right now? <laughs> They'd be like Dave, Dave, how'd you get that black eye? Dave, how'd you get your, how'd you get your black eye? I'd be like, well, I Somebody made eye contact with me walking down the street and I asked them if they were having sexual fantasies about me. And it turns out, uh, probably no, but still possibly
6: yes. And so that's why it's not fair to walk around and say, I'm attracted to anyone, anyone at all. No one's safe. Now, whenever a group is, if there's like a group of people sitting in a room with Wayne Brady, and so it's a diverse group and you've got like a overweight 65 year old man, and then uh, you got, a you know, a, a young woman and whatever. Everyone's sitting around and they're all thinking he could be attracted to any one of us right now. <laughs> any one of us. It could be any of us. <laughs> it's scary. It's like some kind of why Agatha Christie novel in a weird way. So anyway, that's the news uh, about Wayne Brady. Uh-
4: if I'm in a room with Wayne Brady, I'm not being like, uh oh, is he attracted to everybody? I'm like, shit, Ray, Wayne Brady's in the room. That's fucking cool. Maybe I get an autograph or something. Like, is that, I'm not really into celebrity culture or whatever. But Wayne Brady usually seems like a nice enough guy. He's pretty funny, you know? <laughs> but instead, I could just be fucking freaking out. I'd be like, is he attracted to me and the person sitting across the room from me, even though we're different? What the fuck? I mean, that's a good enough place as any, right, to uh, leave the podcast. Thanks, podcast listeners, for checking out the show this week. You can check the show out live every Sunday, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch. It's twitch.tv echoplexmedia. And uh, if you want to support the show but aren't into Twitch, there's uh, there's some easy ways to do that. Uh, one of them is to uh, just go to patreon.com echoplex and sign up at any level. Also, ePlex.store works the same way. And if you don't like either of those, uh, there's Echoplexmedia.com. Click the support tab. Our Amazon wishlist is there. All kind of ways to support the show. Um, thanks, live viewers. We've got some weird shit going on for red light. And uh, this is uh, Boomers. I'm going to, as you as always, change the contents of my beverage, change the color of the light in the studio, and I'll be back in a couple minutes.
0: DJs and Twitch witches are hanging out on Thursday for the bad VHS rips, unblinking eyes, and fire by night. Thetans and Satans comes from an interest in the cult of Scientology, moral panics, Satanism, and how they set the tone for the extremist social media panics of today. We really earn our Weird Left Twitch badge with this show, watching the world go red light in reverse every Thursday at 9pm Pacific on twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com.